Hi, I'm Pete Toriello. And I'm Maureen Toriello. And we have a question for you. Who stole Mischief Night? Welcome to the Sonic Boomers podcast. Please take this opportunity to give us a like and subscribe and click the bell so you always get notified when we drop a new show your way. You don't want to miss those. And we're serious. What happened to Mischief Night? Now, did you do Mischief Night when you were a kid? The neighborhood did. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Petey did not. Petey did not. Petey was a, a goody two-shoes and didn't want to get in trouble. Although, it, it's, it's supposed to be really, at its best, innocent fun. Right, right. Kind of like April Fool's or yeah. something, you know, yeah. like pranks. Yeah, of course, not, we not know that things. there are parts of the country, like Detroit, for example, where it's known as Devil's Night, and... Thousands of fires are set. Uh, that, that's, that's not what we're condoning. That's, that's we're not, not condoning, condoning anything, either. but uh, we're, we're talking about Mischief Night. And uh, in particular, that's what is known as here in this section of New Jersey. But it also has other names throughout the country, which I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, some places call it Devil's Night, Cabbage Night, which we'll talk about later what that is, Devil's Eve, Goosey Night, and Gate Night. And it's a holiday the day before Halloween, and children, teens, and young adults engage in pranks and harmless vandalism. Mm-hmm. That's what it's intended. It's mostly a fun holiday, and it's supposed to be minor annoyances to people, uh, like having their trees covered in toilet paper. But there have Soaping been instances. Soaping the car windows or yeah, something like that. But there, there have been instances where it's gotten out of control. And so we're talking about all the different aspects of Mischief Night on yeah. this podcast. When I grew up in, in my neighborhood, it was called Mischief Night. Us too. That's what I, I didn't realize. And I, I didn't realize it was as widespread as it apparently is um, until it started coming up in some of the discussions on Facebook. Um, and that's when I heard about the, the different names for it and all. And I, I was quite surprised that it was as big a deal as it apparently is. And apparently, even though there are a lot of different names for Mischief Night, one in four Americans actually don't have any name for the night before Halloween. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, it makes you wonder how far back does this go? Like, is it something that's just in the newer generations or does it have much of a history? So I looked into that. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that if you really want to go back to, you know, the roots of the mischief idea, Maybe not Mischief Night as we know it. Cheers, everybody. (laughs) Am I boring you? No. (laughs) It goes back to the 18th century in Great Britain. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was first mentioned in an incident back in Oxford in 1790. However, the night wasn't October 30th. It was actually the day before May Day in Britain. And uh, in the 18th and 19th centuries, the day before May Day was known as Mischief Night and often accompanied by children playing harmless pranks such as stealing or switching shop signs and road signs, overturning tubs of water. And in Britain, it often was referred to on November 4th 
And it's also known as Guy Fawkes Day Eve, and also was accompanied by many pranks done by the young kids. Oh, those hooligans. Yes. Those little (laughs) hooligans. Eventually, it was transferred across the Atlantic, over the pond, as they say, here to America. And uh, we're not really sure when it was officially started here. It seems like there's some early mentions of it back in the 1930s and 40s in some newspaper articles. Um, And they they referred to the pranks that the children did on the day before Halloween. And it was kind of transforming from the trick-or-treat kind of thing from Halloween. The trick part was going to be on Mischief Night, and the treats became what we know as Halloween Halloween today of going around in costume for candy. And uh, they spoke of the pranks and the vandalism in these articles that occurred on the Mischief Night. And so, uh, unfortunately, it started harmlessly enough, but it eventually... included things like breaking windows, ringing people's doorbells, running, and ringing false alarms for the fire department. And then uh, from about World War II until the 1970s, Mischief Night was seen as as a nuisance and occasionally required police intervention. However, during the 1980s, in Detroit, as you started to mention before, Mm -hmm. these pranks got a lot more violent and a lot more serious, uh, including violence and arson, which is terrible. In 1984, there was almost a 1,000 fires in Detroit in the city, and the amount of arson in the city kept escalating over the next several years. It got so bad that the media dubbed the night Devil's Night, and by 1986, a curfew was imposed for anyone under the age of 18 Detroit also had to bring in volunteer fire departments who are joining communities to help them with the arson epidemic, a tradition that continues to this day. Every year, around 40,000 volunteers patrol the streets of Detroit from October 29th through October 31st, and these volunteers look for vandals. Fires have been decreased because of this, and it's become a more manageable uh, activity. Mm. And now they want to rename it in Detroit to Angel's Night because they're trying to put a more positive spin on it. Uh, Devil's Night was also fictionalized in a film back in 1994 called The Crow. In this film, the protagonist and his fiancée are killed on Devil's Night. In 2006 and 2013, there were movies titled Mischief Night, released in the United Kingdom and the United States. Earlier... This week, uh, they were talking about this on the Dennis and Judy show on New Jersey 101.5. And I I thought it was very funny that a lot of the people who listen to their show and there, I would, I would guess that most of them are in our age bracket, Mm -hmm. some a little younger, some a little older, but uh, it's funny because I had mentioned to you at the start of the show that my father saw Mischief Night as as not a good thing right as a nuisance because he would get really mad if they soaped the car windows because you, yeah. you didn't mess with my father's car that's that was <laughs> well, that was sacrosanct 
Well, that 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 takes a little bit of doing to to clean up too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the toilet paper thing—that's not so bad. And I, mean, I don't like when they throw when they used to throw eggs because yeah, that's, that's bad. That's hell on the paint. That is. That's especially not, if it gets on. I your remember car. our our old house got egged once. Yes. And that that egg was up there on the siding for years and years because it was hard to get to. Right. It, it was it up on, on like the the eave over the roof. Yeah. And it, it couldn't get to didn't it. Didn't clean up easily. And that there's probably pieces of it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Still still there. Uh, Mr. Gwen, go out and take <laughs> take a look. Uh, yeah, so my, my dad was not really, you know, on board with uh, with Mischief Night. I didn't participate. And uh, the folks on New Jersey 101.5 were calling and saying, what the hell happened to Mischief Night? Which I thought was funny because it was the kind of thing that our folks' generations didn't exactly like. And, and now these that folks it's gone, were like, they're missing it. Where is it? <laughs> where is it? Like, why hasn't anybody rung my doorbell? Why hasn't anybody soaped my car windows? Why didn't anybody throw toilet paper up in my in my tree? And people were actually missing the harmless fun mm-hmm. on Mischief Night. It's, it's, it's like, it's another thing that got taken away over time. Well, I think there's, there's a couple of things that, that have evolved that I think contribute to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one being during the pandemic, the, <laughs> the shortage of toilet paper. Remember, we, you, you couldn't get it. That's right. So uh, That's to right. throw it recklessly Shelf- over the trees think, is not a good idea. I think. There was a toilet paper conspiracy. <laughs> I'm telling you. I think Kleenex was in on it. Oh, but here we I go. <laughs> think, I think the Charmin Bears were in on it. It's a big conspiracy. Okay, whatever you say. Yep. And I think the other thing with all the ring uh, cameras and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, it, the, the kids are a, a little bit more afraid of getting caught, and the likelihood of them getting caught is a lot greater and I think as a parent, I would be telling the kids, don't do it, you know. I'll tell you where I think Mischief Night went. Where? These kids today are on TikTok. Mm-hmm. They're on TikTok. They're not going to soap your car window. They're not going to ring your bell. They're not going to TP your trees. They're going to do a video of somebody having their head cut off on TikTok. <laughs> And well, if you think I'm kidding, go take a look I'm, at TikTok. I'm sure you probably can find things like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, out of all these different names that they had for, mm-hmm. for Mischief Night, the one I never heard of was Cabbage Night. I've heard of Cabbage Night. Had, before this? Yes. Really? I knew Cabbage Night, Goosey Night, and uh, Mischief Night. Okay. I've never, I had never heard of that. And... Uh, Apparently, the, the cabbage thing goes back to Scotland, and they used to use it this time of year. I guess, you know, the crops have been picked, and what's left on the ground were rotting away cabbages, and people, the kids would come and grab those cabbages and then throw them at people's doors. The other thing was apparently there was some kind of a legend attributed with the cabbages that the young girls could look into the cabbages and I don't know, like count the, you know, like loves me, loves me not kind of thing or something with the leaves and it would predict who they would marry. 
And then once they did that, then they had these cabbages, and they would throw them at on people's properties and at the doors. So that that's how the cabbage name came about, which I I really I'd never heard of that before. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting derivation of of where it came from because I had no idea where it came from. I just knew that the night before Halloween was always you know one of the aforementioned mm-hmm. things, but I had no idea where it where it came from. Yeah. So it, it's been kind of um, a, a whole, like, evolution, I guess you would say, uh, from harmless to van- to violent, back to harmless, and now to almost non-existent. Yeah, I would say non-existent. At least around here, yeah. Knockwood. Um, and truthfully, I mean, I, I miss it for the sake of the kids having fun, but I don't miss it as an adult having to go out and clean it up. I'm yeah. just as glad that nobody TP'd us, yeah. truthfully, or nobody soaped our car. I, I, I wouldn't want to have to be dealing with that the next day. But, um, you know, it is what it is, as they say. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, another another night of hopefully innocent fun just, you know, gone. It's too bad. Yeah, yeah, well... Maybe it'll come back. I don't know. Drop us a, a note down below in the comments and uh, let us know if they still even do anything on Mischief Night in, in your neighborhood. And hopefully uh, in the name of harmless fun. Uh, absolutely. It's time for our trivia contest, which we are doing this week because I forgot to bring the cards in last week. <laughs> and on the who show. brought the cards you this week? You brought the cards <laughs> in this week. Yay me. Should we do two questions tonight? <laughs> if you want. No, I don't care. If you want. Okay, well, I'll give you one first, and we'll okay. see how it goes. Okay. All right, this is in the uh, the, the news section. Mm-hmm. What former U.S. president died in New York City on October 20th, 1964? Former, Just around this former time of year. Former U.S. president. 1964. Uh, was it, up. was it uh, Dwight Eisenhower? No. It was Herbert Hoover. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that would have been the farthest thing from my mind. Well, there Herbert you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me, uh, let me give you one. Okay. And uh, let's see. All uh, right. Uh, hmm, I have to give you a hard one or an easy one. Okay. I'm going to give you a life and times one. Okay. What think tank's name was coined in 1946? You remember 1946, <laughs> don't you? was coined in 1946 from the term research and development. Let me read that again. What think tank's name was coined in 1946 from the term research and development? If you get this. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, I really, I don't know. Is it like, are you, I'm not sure what we're looking for. Is this like a term that you like? Like human resources? It's a think tank. It's oh. an organization known okay. as, as a think tank. R&D? 
Uh, the name was the Rand Corporation. Oh, okay. No, no clue. Okay. Do you want to try another one? Sure. Okay. Okay. Whose picture appeared on the cover of an album entitled For Lovers Only? Woohoo. For Lovers Only. Where's the romantic I'm side of you, baby? It, it's up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. For Lovers Only. Mm, I, I have... <laughs> I have no clue. Elvis Presley. Oh, okay. I thought you might get that. No, one. no, I didn't. I didn't get that All one. All right, no. All right, one let's, more let's try. Try another one for you. I think. I think you're going to get this one. Okay. I think you are going to get this one. Um, who provided the voices of Barney Rubble and Dino for the Flintstones? Oh, we were just talking about this too. Now I'm. Now, there were a couple of Barney Rubble voices, right? A couple of people that did it. Because one of them was in the hospital right. Mel after Blank, a car right? wreck. Mel and, Blank did one of them. And somebody else stepped in and, and did it for and, a while. And uh, is it Alan Freed? No. Is that is that your answer? Yeah. Well, at least I'm not the only one that's 0 for 2. Yeah. It was Mel Blank. It was, well, I said Mel Blank, and then, and then you said. But you didn't say your final answer. Oh. Talking about Mel Blank. Do you see what I put up with people? <laughs> no, I I said Mel Blank because you. I said there were there were at least two different people that did it, and I said Mel Blank being one of them, and then you led me to believe that that was not what you were looking for, and you led me down the garden path the wrong way <laughs> deliberately, folks, just to get me. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you one more chance. Okay, I'll give you one more chance. Okay, what silent screen oh. comic appeared in 1965's Beach Blanket Bingo? <laughs> oh, silent screen star. Think of the kind of movie it was. Beach Blanket Bingo. Charlie McCarthy. Wow, bad day at Black Rock. <laughs> Buster Keaton. That was my second guess. Yeah, Buster <laughs> Keaton. All right, let's see. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. Okay. What Woody Allen movie took viewers inside the body of Sydney? Getting our money's worth on this sounder. Uh, <laughs> Again, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> and maybe the title of this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everything you always wanted to know about sex. Wow. wow. Well, folks, <laughs> aren't you glad we did that? Aren't you glad you listened to our podcast this <laughs> week? <laughs> well, we made up for lost time with the baby boomer trivias, but... Uh, Zero for zero. Well, try us again on the next edition of the Sonic Boomers podcast when we will have another exciting topic to talk about and a few trivia questions at the end and see if 
you get stumped as we did. Oh, for three. That is freaking. That hurts. That is freaking <laughs> tragic. Until next time, I'm Pete Toriello. And I'm Maureen Toriello. And now it's your turn to go out and make, make some, some noise. noise.